Good morning, good evening, good afternoon from wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the Ride on Track podcast. I'm Connor Jonas, and here we talk all things Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends and the Railway series. But I'm not joined alone. I'm joined by my fine bearded friend, Tom Denham. Hello. Hello, Denham. <laughs> G'day, how's it going? <laughs> It's going good. It's going good. Uh, apart from Denim, we also joined by another Tom, Tom Parry. Mm-hmm. Yes, the second Tom. That's me. Hello, everyone. The, the, the second Tom on the podcast about the Tom. Mm-hmm. But we are not joined alone once more. We have got a very special guest with us. The Ark Minister, also known as Minister. Hello, Minister. Welcome. Good morning. Pleased to meet you. Is that Please Connor, Parry, and Denim? I'm delighted oh. to see such famous engines. Oh, 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 <laughs> you sure know how to flatter us, Minister. <laughs> now, before we get into the nitty gritty of who Minister is, we're covering four brilliant episodes today to round off series six. And Parry, what are they? Well, today, Connor, we're going to be looking at Edward the Really Useful Engine, or Very Useful Engine, depending on region, as well as three stories from the Scarlowy Railway, which are Duncan Duncan, Rusty Saves the Day, and Faulty Whistles. Mm, yes. Fantastic. It's also a very special day for us here at the podcast, because we are now celebrating 50 episodes strong of Right On Track. 50 episodes? Ooh. I'm getting old. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. We've been aging rapidly this entire time. My hair's receding. <laughs> I'm going grey. <laughs> but I think now would be a good time to interrogate our latest guest host. I, I mean, ch- chat to. Learn yes. about. <laughs> yes. As we always do here on the podcast. So... Minister, let's start with the question we always start with. What was the moment or your first memory of Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends? I think it's one of those things where it's just been in my life for so long that I honestly cannot remember the first episode or like actual memory with it. Um, definitely getting wooden railway toys was some of my first memories i think i think percy and the milk tanker was the like ones that i remember yeah yeah definitely definitely i like like i mean the wooden railway was how i got into it so it it just seems to be the way to go with a lot of these things um and now uh minister you're known in the community for doing these amazing photoshops and edits of the show that sort of reimagine events in the cgi style and oftentimes a lot better than they were uh, actually broadcast as yeah that was just something that i just like stumbled into it wasn't planned or anything i i saw a someone had done an edit of from pouty james with the bees all around his face <laughs> and i was like wow that i really like like the cgi medium but telling the the classic railway series stories and yeah just developed from there some of my early works I'm a bit embarrassed by but (laughs) like you can see my progression as it gets a bit better a bit better each time and everyone seems to love them so I just 
keep making them whenever I'm inspired. You've been doing these edits for about five years now. Um, oh, that long? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, Just I'll remind you. I, I, I went through going, okay, where's the earliest copy I can find of this? Yeah. Um, wow. And, like, it's amazing what you do. You've even started to do not tutorials, but you'll show a before and after and progress pictures of how you've edited it and have actually sort of, that's helped other people get into the editing medium, the photo manipulation medium. Yeah, yeah, that's, it is helpful because sometimes I forget what they originally look like as well. So it does help to remind myself how I made them. It's definitely helped me, I can say that. It's good that it's helped others. And yeah, I've, I've given Denim some tips on when he's doing his photoshops and he's come up with some great works as well. Brilliant. Uh, now, th- this is a question that we typically like asking, and it seems to be Parry's ongoing study of people uh, that are grown up into Thomas. Yes. Harry, would you like to ask that that common question? Yes, I would. Minister, why do you think it is that your love of Thomas the Tank Engine has endured? Because, of course, we hear stories of other guests we've had and how they fell out of love with it and others still who just maintain that connection with the series. So what's your story? Why is it that you continue to love this show and the stories? Well... Yes, I, I was definitely one of those people who like fell out of love with the show during like high school years. Um, but yeah, what, what brought me back was like the Blue Mountain mystery with the Skylurry engines coming back. And I think just the external operation with, of the steam engines that you can see is just like, I never get tired of it seeing how they work. <laughs> Mm. And that is uh, one of the things that a lot of people say. I know Christopher Audrey has said it, among other people, that with young children especially, seeing those steam engines, there's like a majesty to it. It's a feeling you don't get watching like a diesel locomotive or an electric locomotive go by. As you say, you get to see the engine working, like the wheels turning and the pistons pumping and the smoke coming out of the funnel and all that. So... Yeah, I can definitely identify with that. There is one yep. more question I just, wanted just, to just ask before you, Minister. he does. You are currently living in Perth in Western Australia. Yes. I want to know, what's the railway scene like over there? Because in Melbourne, of course, we've got this really strong Thomas community and rail community. But what's it like over out your way? Uh, that's a slightly controversial question. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, we, me and a couple of the guys over here, of sort of volunteer at the Bassendine Railway Museum and which is just all static. Um, we got one operating engine at the museum. We got Leshenot Lady down south, but unfortunately there's not too much like vintage trains running because we got a lot of restrictions, like governmental restrictions. Okay. Which, which forbids us from running trains, but there's still quite a few people who come to the museum and help out there. Hmm. Well, that's excellent to hear. Uh, I think it's time for us, now that we've gotten to know the ARC minister or ARC minister, to move on to our first story. Uh, Connor, why don't you introduce this one, since you're always fobbing things off to me? 
Oh, okay then, okay then. <laughs> well, Parry, Denim and Minister. Uh, the very first story we're going to be covering today is Edward the Very Useful Engine, where 57 years after the original Three Railway Engines book, Gordon is once again complaining about Edward. Edward is a useless old steam pot, Gordon sniffed. He should be retired. But he doesn't have tyres, Percy said. Retired, said Thomas, means taken out of service. And not a moment too soon, said Gordon. And the other big engines agreed with him. But Percy was very upset. Later, his driver asked him why he looked so glum. Percy told him about Edward. The big engines don't think he's useful anymore, he said. There we go. Edward, the really useful engine. Yes. Uh, a little note on the uh, title there. It originally was broadcast as very useful engine, however, in some releases on DVDs, box sets, and I believe on some airings uh, it was retitled to really useful engine, particularly as the saying really useful engine got into uh more of a common compliment. Mm. And it makes more sense, of course, given, you know, the history of the show and the phrase exactly. and all that kind of thing. Exactly. Uh, so Edward, the very useful engine, uh, is an interesting story because it is the only episode that David Mitten ever wrote solo. It's story by David Mitten, written by David Mitten, not with any help from Brit, not based off a book, not based off a magazine story, nor any other writer. It is solely a David Mitten story. It makes you wonder whether David had amnesia because he's been working on this show for five seasons now and we're getting up to the sixth and we're going all the way back to the conflicts which we've already covered in series one and series two. Yes, we know Edward's old. We know that that's a problem, but surely, surely we're over this by now. Mm, and, and there's a fair bit of weird continuity with this as well, such as how, for some reason, Percy is understandably upset about the big engines bullying Edward, but Thomas has just got a big smile on his face. He's like, oh, retired, put out of service. You know, it doesn't make sense. It, it does make sense because Thomas was one of the engines in the shed in Edward and Gordon who was saying, you're not going to go out anymore. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, oh, yes. but it specifically says in the TV series that all the other engines were bigger than Edward. Bigger Thomas in the sense of size bigger or bigger in the sense of role? Oh. Uh, Tom, Thomas is a pilot at the time. A but it, it, could, it could be more than Edward's doing. <sighs> maybe, maybe, maybe. It, it sounds, you know, Connor, it sounds to me like Denon is coming to the defense of this story. No, that is a fair point. Perhaps. Mm. Oh, well, okay. I, I, th- well, I think, well, well, like, since... when I think about it, like, I think that, like, rivalries, like, can spike up again over time, like, if you still have distaste for a particular individual or group of people. So I feel like th- this is somewhat justified with this kind of thinking i don't know maybe maybe you're right but 
since you seem to be defending this episode, would you like to give us a rundown as to what it's all about? Connor, I'm so glad you asked. So Edward, the oh. really useful <laughs> engine, or uh, very useful engine, uh, tells a story about how Edward uh, is uh, apparently too old to be a banker and to be too old to be a really useful engine. And Gordon comes to the agreement with Henry and James that he should be retired. And Percy is uh, quite upset about this, so he informs his driver, who informs the fat controller about this uh, gossip and this bickering. So the fat controller, being the, I guess, the puppeteer that he is, pulling the strings, decides to send Edward away to help Stepney on his line so they realise how much worth Edward has, how much he still has, and Duck takes his place. Um, And whilst Duck is a great engine, he doesn't have the the ingenuity and the strength that... um, Edward does, as we find out. Which, yeah, it, it, it's true. It's it's a weird story. It, it seems to maybe be based off of Super Rescue, maybe, but it Elements is of, a yeah. very, very weird story because, it, oh, oh, Parry, you, you seem to actually have a really interesting point. No, no, I don't really. I'm, I'm just really frustrated. I mean, you say this is a weird story. I don't agree with that, Connor, respectfully. I think it's a very mm-hmm. straightforward story and a very lacklustre story. I just don't think there's enough here to grab me. And as I said, this is something we've covered multiple times before on the program. So, yeah, it's just a retreading of old ground. Mm. The, 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 yeah, the, the main reason I'm saying it's weird is... Because it retreads all the old ground, and it seems to be so, so split, not only in the fandom as to who likes the episode, who doesn't, but even in itself, it doesn't seem to get its own facts right. Uh, Minister, what are your thoughts on the episode? Well, the the Gordon disliking Edward for some reason seemingly comes out of nowhere. Is it possible this is? set earlier sort of around the time of Edward's exploit when Edward's running low on steam and um, can't pull his trains properly that is a possibility but we also see Edward meet up with Stepney in the story so that kind of Uh, throws that theory out the window a little bit oh we we should get onto that actually because yes yeah the bat controller's plan is to have Edward go away and help Stepney on his branch line who apparently is still on the island of Sodor and not back on the Bluebell Railway where he belongs. And essentially they have a jolly good time together. And then uh, once Duck gets stuck, I just realised that rhymes. That's pretty amusing. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, Edward needs to come in to help. That's when he leaves the railway and, of course, returns back to his old job. Yes, but it's not just Duck that gets stuck, because as Duck is pulling the trucks and gets stuck on Gordon's Hill, Mm. what then happens is that someone else gets stuck up there with him. Denim? Yeah, uh, once uh, Duck is stuck on the grade with his trucks, um, he slows down Gordon, and being on a hill, Gordon can't uh, start up as you would um, on a grade. Um, so it's Edward to the rescue as he pushes both Duck, his trucks, Gordon, and the Express back into Natford Station. 
Mm, also, nice bit of poetry here because Gordon is once again being stuck on Gordon's Hill. Yes, and it also seems to be a throwback to the railway series story Edward and Gordon. Mm. Mm. That, that's what I'm referring to. Yes, Connor. yeah, yes. Well, yeah. Mm. He's gotten stuck on the hill multiple times. Yes, it's this Gordon's second, hill. This is the second time canonically in the TV series. I mm -hmm. believe that yeah. is fair, fair. Um, but yeah, so now, so so multiple things here. So first of all, Edward's supposed to be a backing engine of uh, Gordon's hill, and then Duck replaces him with his work. Now, I, I, I'm not going to go into the mathematics of how strong an engine is again. Okay, <laughs> I've done that bit. But the okay. pannier tank engines, mm. such as Duck, were a lot stronger than Edward's bases at all. The, the Duck's bases were used as backing engines, particularly on the Licky Incline, the basis for Gordon's Hill. Hmm. I can see this rant going on for a while, so I'm going to try and cut it short by saying okay. <laughs> Duck doesn't know how to work the trucks as well as Edward, and so it was the trucks who were pulling back, not Duck wasn't strong enough. That's so, good. Yes. Because Ed, Edward can operate the trucks well and get them to behave, he can do it easily, but Duck, in this case, can't. Um, yeah, the, the trucks obviously like their engines they're certain engines and when they get a different one they always play up so i think that's what we're facing here that is an excellent theory minister yes i do like that too i've just been shut down by a guest host you look yeah, you look frustrated that. connor <laughs> okay okay um but how do you explain then minister how, like, whilst Gordon and Duck may be able to both, you know, help with the train, Edward doesn't really push the whole train up the hill himself. In reality, they should all back down the hill and get a run-up. Yes, you got me there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it a draw. <laughs> all right. But, yeah, it, it, it's... It's a weird episode as Edward, who must be the strongest engine, as a little boy remarks, uh, helps push both Gordon and Duck into the station. And then Gordon later apologizes to Edward, and Edward goes, Ah, it's fine, the end. And this is where the story really, I feel, falls flat. Because Edward, despite being the titular character, despite being the first character ever created, despite originally being all about him, he's only got two lines out of the entire episode. Hmm. Yeah, yes. it's, it's very light for Edward and... I don't think Stepney talks at all. It's no, like, Stepney doesn't. Almost more of a a Gordon story again. Maybe yeah. presence is more <laughs> yes. powerful than words. Well, actually, technically, it's more of a Percy story because Percy is the one who sets the conflict in motion. But technically, mm. isn't it more of a Duck story because Duck's been more of an unexpected uh, victim than anyone? Uh, uh huh. Oh, oh, it's it's, it's, like it's, it's an It's an ensemble it story. Is is it the fat controller who sets the whole Edward Redemption sort yeah. of 
into motion. No, on that note, did Sir Topham have plan for Duck and Gordon to like stall on the hill? He must have done. Like, like well, I mean, I, I, so he has caused confusion and delay. No, no. I think what he's done, he knew something would happen. He didn't know the extent of what that would look like, but he knew uh, Edward would have to be ready to come back and help whatever that looked like. And I think, like, he can afford to let a, a little bit of confusion or delay slip here or there. That, like, maybe, but... but... This is where it's a weird story because so much stuff seems to go on. What if everything just went perfect? What if nothing went wrong? What <laughs> Alternate if the universe. actually behave themselves now that Edward was out of the way and nothing was broken? Alternate universe well, where it- Edward leaves from here on and just has a great retirement with Stepney. Yeah, yeah. that was what I was going to say. <laughs> to that. Having said that, it's... I think I think that was the highlight of the episode for me. Like seeing Stepney and Edward work on that line was like I don't know, very aesthetically pleasing. Yes, yeah, yeah. Stepney not only gets a cameo and a named role, but he's like got an actual position in the story now. Mm-hmm. It's not just duck bashing into the back of him. It's Edward <laughs> needs to go to the new loop line and teach Stepney how to run it. So. That's really good to see him back in action. Uh, have a, we won't actually see Stepney again until the 12th series episode of Rosie's Funfair special. I also have a theory on Stepney's being here. I think that rather than employing the services of an existing um, engine on the Fat Controller's Railway to like not move too many engines out of place, I think... For the summer, or it feels like it's set in summer, where this is set, they would have thought it would have been nicer to have a visiting engine to run this stretch of line. But perhaps, however, what I find really interesting here is actually, like like this episode, it, it, it it's got a few things going for it, okay? It's got brilliant dialogue, such loose steampot. It's got a fantastic shot of Percy at Marin from inside Percy's cab looking mm-hmm. towards the fat control i love it but the inclusion of the new loop line is what i find really interesting here because i love my maps i love trying to connect everything mm. this isn't the loop line that we knew in series one where gordon got redirected by instinct mm-hmm. this is exclusively a new loop line that some reason it stepney is being taught how to run so mm-hmm. You can have multiple different theories come up here, such as this is a new loop line on the west of the island. You could say that this is a loop line maybe near uh, Stepney's uh, Bluebell line, if the Bluebell line is on the island. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could say it's a loop line that sort of connects Vickers Town to the Scarlowy area and Great Waterton. If Great Waterton hasn't been found yet... There are tons of little interesting things that you can add a new loop line in place. Uh, but but I feel that with the inclusion of the new loop line, it seems to it, it, it seems to put in place that Stepney from here on out would be a permanent addition to Sodal, since he's being taught mm. how to run this line. Unless he's visiting for an extended period of time, such as a year. 
Yes. Yes. Which I feel is more feasible. Unless that's the case. But, mm. but having said that, in real life, they no longer run Stepney the Bluebell engine on the Bluebell railway. Mm. So this they, could... they have him on display. Mm. Mm. Food for thought. Now, yeah. I, 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 as you said, Perry, it's a lackluster story. Mm. Is it? So I really... Well, I, 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 I feel it is. Perry says it is. I feel it is. You know, currently <laughs> we're 50% on the lackluster front. Unless you've got something else to add, Denim. I don't I'm know. I'm going to jump to scores. I, 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 I feel like this episode hasn't been given enough credit. I think, like, there's so much going on visually and story-wise. And, like, I think if anyone understands the characters more than anybody, it's David Midden because he's worked with them the longest. Um, I don't know. Seeing characters like Percy, Duck, Stepney, Gordon, Edward work in this kind of structure... I don't know. It's just really nice. And seeing the Fat Controller be an authority figure on a different level that we'd never really see before or again, I think is really cool. So uh, are you telling me that you like this episode because you see lots of engines working? No, I'm saying it's an interesting story with multiple levels. Okay, okay. Because... Whilst this story does shine in having lots of different engines, such as Duck, Stepney, Edward, all doing lots of different things, much like a certain Series 2 story, (laughs) this is also the last appearance of the Viaduct until Series 13, The Line of Sodor, where it would return in full CGI. So I'm just saying there are parallels here, Denim. There are parallels. I'm a simple man. (laughs) <laughs> you have an average life working nine to five. <laughs> so, Minister, have you got anything else to add? So, talking about it now, I with with you guys, I think my opinion on it of it has gone up slightly. Um, up, okay. Um, I, I I don't believe this is an episode I ever saw growing up, but. Like having seen it more recently, it's it wasn't one I remembered. But talking about all the the inception levels of the Fat Controller and all the other characters it has boosted my opinion of it slightly. Right. So with that, I think we should really just move to the scores mm-hmm. because I. Like, 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 your score may have been raised, Minister. You may like the episode, Denim, but I have a feeling Parry and I were on the same wavelength here. Hey, this but provides. My score has gone down. <laughs> if anything. See, it's like the Fogman all over again. You guys talk, <laughs> and then the score goes down. It happens. Boys, it happens. boys, boys. <laughs> if anything, this provides a variety and diversity. If we all agreed on the same thing, we wouldn't have a review podcast. Fair point, fair point. Here in the 50th episode, we should be celebrating what a review podcast is about, which is mm. banter, bickering, and general bad ideas. <laughs> so, on that note, I'll start off and go that mm. this story, it does seem to be a homage to the original. Mm. It has got plenty of side characters in it, but 
I feel that it's really let down on some of the weird inconsistencies mm-hmm. and placement. And finally, Edward being a main character and not being a main character. Mm. So for that, my score is going to be a five. Mm. Huh. Parry. Mm. Well, five was going to be my score, Connor, as well. But then, having discussed everything which we've discussed, I'm going to move mine down slightly to a four out of ten. Because, as I've said, it's just retreading old ground. There's not a lot of narrative heft. Uh, I do like seeing all the characters that appear. I do like Percy. I think, you know, he has the biggest heart out of any protagonist in this story. But otherwise, it it just doesn't do anything for me. Mm. Uh, So let's move on to a slightly higher score now. Uh, Minister, I'm actually interested to hear what you have to say about this. So we'll head to you before we get to Denim. Yeah, this is definitely a hodgepodge of ideas in this Mm. episode. It seems like David Mitten wanted to bring in every character that he liked or something. And <laughs> yes. Every episode he loved making, ah, oh, let's recapture the magic from that. Mm. Um, yeah, I was, I was going to rate it average because, um, yeah, I don't re- didn't particularly remember it much. But talking about it today, it sort of brought up like all the good points to it and the the visuals of. Edward Gordon and Duck at the end are quite great, so I'm going to go a 6 out of 10. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, we've got a 4 and a 5 and a 6, and I have a feeling the pattern might continue. <laughs> if if there's, like, when you were talking about um, your rating before, Connor, I imagine that scene from the, um, that meme from The Office where Pam says it's the same picture. <laughs> <laughs> no, it that no, it, it really is. In a lot of times, it, it's, no, it's not, not just the same. Picture. It, it's not just the same. Okay, okay. I will say it's not the same picture, and quite fitting. We've got minister here. It is a hodgepodge of other pictures thrown together. You've had your time to talk. Now it's mine. <laughs> so I think if there's any way that I can. I guess, articulate this episode. I think the right word for it is that it has different thresholds and levels of complexity. You have the indignation meeting, which uh, the engines are saying, we don't think Edward is useful anymore and we think he should go. Very much reminiscing on tenders and turntables and Edward's exploit and other episodes like cows. Um, and then you have this element of Percy coming in, kind of taking forward the deputation, so to speak, with the fat controller. There's that nice element there that kind of seamlessly yep. flows in. You have um, the idea of very much akin to like a close shave. Uh, Edward is being sent away until the engines realize his value and his worth. Um, very much how Duck worked with Edward in a close shave. But uh, Edward has gone to work with Stepney. Can I say as well, I love Series 6 Stepney. Like, I I think he's very underrated. Mm. Um, The only times we see him, I'm pretty sure, Red Balloon um, and this episode. And this. And uh, Boo Boo Choo Choo as well, the music video. We see some exclusive footage in that of Stepney. Mm. Um, 
But I think looking at it realistically, there is a, a, like a lot of elements of various stories. And I can, I think if anything, if they're trying to celebrate the past and in a time like now where stories are more and more being watered down in terms of structure and value, I think it's definitely a bold maneuver to be able to get away with doing that. I think being the director, I think he's in a position of power, but I think with the, I guess the kind of corporate vibe of hit entertainment or Ghislaine kind of breathing on his back saying like, Hey, there needs to be a value in here. I think he did well to be able to do that. So for these Uh, reasons, (laughs) for, for these reasons, I'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10. What? Oh, no, 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 no. I agree with you that this episode is bold, but I don't agree with you that it get away, that it gets away with it. It doesn't. Okay. I I will not let this episode stand. I'm turning off your mic. So the next story that we're talking about is Duncan Duncan. And in this story, uh, Scarloey and Reneus and Rusty are sent to work at the Incline Railway. And in the clip that we're about to hear, um, Duncan uh, gets himself... Uh, he's going to get himself into a bit of trouble and we reminisce on some of the mistakes he's made in the past. The engines enjoy working at the Incline Railway. They like the clever way the loaded trucks roll down the incline, pulling the empty trucks up. But they are always careful. Duncan doesn't like working at the incline railway. He is always impatient to get back to the junction. This makes him careless and gets him into lots of trouble. So, Parry, whilst... Connor cools down. Could you please <laughs> explain to us what is dunking Duncan? I don't know whether I can because I'm I'm still fuming over that nine point five. That's just <laughs> minister. <Wow. laughs> can, can, can I call upon your services? Okay, this episode, um, Duncan is working at the Incline Railway, and <laughs> being impatient, he doesn't listen to Rusty's advice to take care and gets pulled up the incline. Uh, The chain snaps and Duncan goes flying down the incline, goes airborne down a ravine and (laughs) lands in some mud where he's Mm. dunked. Yes, he's dunked in mud. Now, it's interesting, uh, uh, Minister, um, when you initially reached out to us, um, you particularly wanted to come on when we reviewed Narrow Gauge episodes, and we um, we, we, we do wish that uh, you could have been around for each of those episodes that we did. But what is it about the Narrow Gauge Railway that you love so much? Well, growing up, I only had the... A couple of series four VHSs, so I had all of the Scullery Railway episodes, and yeah, just I think having the smaller size engines like just makes it 
that much more interesting in the story that she can tell. And I've, I've visited the Talakulin Railway several times to see the real engines. And see, seeing them in the stories, it's yeah, very interesting seeing like real life engines in the story, kind of. Mm. Yeah, and uh, one of your earliest edits, I've calmed down now, uh, is actually <laughs> of um, the recolored Talakulin Douglas to be yellow like Douglin. Uh, Douglin? Douglas. Duncan. <laughs> Douglas and Dun- you get Douglin. <laughs> yeah, D- Douglin. Uh, he is not Scottish or Irish. He is not Welsh either. He is um, not from Soda. Trying to think up of a joke. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it, this. So so like, I I I express my disgust for the series five large narrow gauge. Uh, because it, it really didn't look or work well. But here in Series 6, I feel that they've nailed at the aesthetic of the large narrow gauge. It's not the warm tones of the Series 4, mm. but it, it, it's definitely a much better aesthetic, I feel. One that mm. will be copied even into the standard gauge throughout the show. Mm. Yeah, um, I, I don't agree. I don't think that it's as visually interesting as series four, certainly. No. And 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 even like series five, it's a bit iffy. Like I think the landscapes of the series six narrow gauge railway look really barren and uh, lifeless. Like I, I'm not a big fan of it, but I do agree with what the other part you said, how the models in series six are a step up from series five. I, I don't know what it is, but I just appreciate them more. They, yeah. they, they feel like they belong, mm. I feel is one thing. It feels like that they should exist there. In Series yes. 5, it felt very like they were forced into that large-scale area, but here it feels like the sets have been built around the models and the models have been built around the sets. Mm-hmm. They've got a good synergy. It almost mm. feels yes. like now, some yeah. of... Um... It almost feels like some of these like areas that they film in series six and in series seven later on, it kind of emulates more of the kind of energy that you see around the real life counterpart being the Talin Railway. I don't know. I get that vibe more than I do controversially. I don't get it as much as I did in series four, but I get it more here, if that makes sense. I I get where you're coming from because... I, I I have sadly never been to the Talthin like yourself, Minister. Uh, but I've adored all the cab rides. And whilst the Talthin is in the mountains, it hasn't got as many sheer cliffs or sharp gradients that we see during the show in Series 4. So mm. I, I agree with what you say, Denim, that Series 6 and 7, Skarlowy Railway, does closer emulate the real life basis. It's nice to know Mm. that we can agree on something. Yes, yes, yeah. I'm not, I'm not touching on the other episode now. Um, Mm. I'd also like to point out as well, like, although the Skylari Railway has gone through some really huge dramatic visual changes, there is one consistent element and that's like the mine, the incline and the winch. That's always been there, and it's good to see it integrated once more into this story in quite amusing fashion. Yes, I might say. 
However, and, and this is probably the the biggest downfall I feel about this episode, and it's not a big downfall at all, but they refer to everything so strangely. Mm. Instead of the quarry, it's the incline railway. And then they say incline railway twice. In mm. the two things, they go to work at the incline railway. They like working at the incline railway because at the incline railway, the trucks go up the incline at the incline railway. It's so confusing. You know and what? The, I think what? within the time between series four and now, I think that it's potential and like it's it's within like the realm of possibility that the incline railway could have been privatized and is now owned by a different manager or company it 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 very much could be in the actual railway series itself uh they had a few different railways uh railways quarries inclines Mm -hmm. uh, the oldest of which uh being taken over by the ministry of defense so it could Mm. be that this is an entirely new privatized quarry as well Mm. and that would sort of work into the conflict that we'll discuss in the next story of mm. series six but we'll get to that when we get to that uh what well, a couple of things i wanted to point out actually uh one is of course it's written by jenny mcdade from a story idea by david mitten but the other uh, is hmm? simon Sorry, nicholson hmm? he's story sure. idea by simon nicholson oh okay right yeah. my notes are wrong i'm so sorry uh, no 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 but i am I, shocked i, I understand your mistake because so far Every time it's gone story by, written by, it's always mm. been story by David Mitten. But this mm. seems to be uh, alienated in the fact that it's got another writer coming up with the idea apart mm. from David Mitten and then Jenny McDade writing it. Hmm. So, so it, it's actually a point that I wrote down going, this isn't by David Mitten. Right. Okay. But yeah, yes, um, as you were saying. But there is another fact, and I know I am 100% correct on this one. I have no, no fault here. This is a milestone story because it is the first instance, the very first instance, where we hear Sir Topham Hatt say the phrase confusion and delay. Yes, confusion it and is. Delay. Mm. Uh, up until this point, it has been said by the narrator or other mm-hmm. characters. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time that it's been used by the man in charge, and mm. it shall be used from here on out. Yeah, it, it pretty much becomes his catchphrase. <laughs> yes, e- e- exactly, exactly. Um, there is another interesting thing about this episode, because in Series 4 and the Railway Series, we heard a lot about it. We mm. had one scene in Series 5, mm. but here in Series 6, we finally get a proper reuniting of the partnership between Scar Lowy and Renaeus. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's strange because on one hand, it's great to see them actually working together. Like mm. we've heard alluded to so many times. However, at the same time, it doesn't feel like the partnership that has been alluded to. Mm, it it very true. much feels like they're different characters. Mm. All that I'll say to this at the moment, I'll bring this up in a few seasons' time, but do you think they sound tired? 
they, 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 they do sound a little bit tired. A well, little they're... bit. They're a century old, so you know that would only make sense. I think that will come into play. I've got a. I'm going to blow out of the water a massive headcanon theory by the time we get to season nine. That these little old engines, but of course, Rusty Scarlowy and Reneus, they're there telling Duncan, you know, we're proper engines, we follow the rules, and then here, Duncan wants to get his work done fast so he can get back to the hustle bustle of the junction, whatever junction that is, whether it's a shed, Corvin's gate, lakeside junction, whatever. Mm-hmm. And during his haste, he accidentally gets tangled up in the incline and pulled mm-hmm. all the way up to the top of it, mm-hmm. where he then has one of the funniest accidents in the show. It, it's incredible, this accident. It's oh, what a crash! So, Minister, would you please explain? You, you mentioned it slightly, but like a play by play as to what happens because this you seem to like the narrow gauge, you seem to like this episode, and this is probably the best part of it. Yeah, so in his hustle to get his trucks shunted, uh on the incline, Duncan gets his chain tangled in the trucks going up. Uh, the incline pulls him all the way up to the top, whereas Duncan's weight is too much for the the drum with the wire, and it snaps. And Duncan and the trucks go absolutely flying down as as Rusty watches, and Duncan goes absolutely airborne off into a ravine filled with mud, which is possibly the same ravine where Scarlowy was trapped in the snow? Possibly. Possibly. Like, like, I mean, if this is the same incline, then the ravine would have to be the same one. Yeah, like that trucks, Trucks fell down in that episode in the same way. Yes. Now... What I feel this accident does really well is the sounds around it. Because yes. as Duncan's flying backwards, you get the singular short, it's used in World's Strongest Engine. How? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, as you cut to the shot where Duncan bursts through the bushes and he just sort of plops down, you get a very short slide whistle sound. <laughs> And then an almost electronic blop. That's the sound, the blop. As he lands in the mud, he's just dropped there, followed by the trucks and the truck and the truck and the truck. And then a no fishing sign, I believe it's CGI'd, does a little somersault as it lands behind him. It is amazing accident. And then you just get the steam and the look of Duncan as he goes, Glug, 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 glug. <laughs> well, and and also the end of the story. Um, it's very Audrey Escofield because we've talked in past episodes about how there's always a happy ending or the resolution or some sort of moral at the end. And on this one, it's just Duncan looking for Lorne on a flatbed and the Fat Controller admonishing him, and then the story ends. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's what we want to see. I kind of love that. Yeah, please, more sad endings. Yes, 
but but the what? music is really jauntier that makes it sound a bit more upbeat. So that's an interesting juxtaposition there. Mm. One thing I would have wanted to see was how on earth was he rescued from the oh, big yes. ravine? Yeah. How did they get him out? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, they've only got one siding, it looks like, that he goes to the ravine, especially mm. where he fell, which would mean a singular crane, a singular hoist. Butch, mm. maybe. Possibly, yeah, yes. Butch. That they, they, they'd need something big and strong. Heck, they may have just used the incline. They've just got extra long cable and just dragged him off the cliff face. Yeah. Hmm. So where does that bring us to the scores? Um, well, quick, I think quick, I'll, I'll... Quickly, yeah, I'd, yes, like yes. To point, I'd like to point out that this episode specifically says steamers, which is an actual term mm. rather than what follows with steamies. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, a, a, and it also brings back the Rusty Duncan argument. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another famous trope. Yeah, but like, like, like you see, like I can understand if feuds go back and forth. Like we've seen Duncan reconcile with Rusty before, and then complain about it again, and him go back to his old ways. But I don't know. It almost feels like that Duncan has now been pigeonholed into the troublemaking, irrational, impatient position on the Scarlowe Railway. And I, I hate to see that for him. He had such good character development and now it's a role. Mm. It certainly seems like this, from this point onwards, Scarlowe, Reneus and Rusty are all put together as the, the wise characters mm. and Duncan is is as you said like the wild card who, who gets into all the trouble yeah exactly as, um, as Cardi said um, a few episodes ago like Duncan is such a great character just because he is through and through an absolute jerk to everybody he works with <laughs> yes <laughs> you, you, you love to see a uh an anti-villain, an anti-hero. Mm. Yeah. I think Thomas is filling to the brim of them as well. So, the scores then. Okay. Um, I do want to lead off on this one. Actually, I don't because I don't know what score I want to do this one. <laughs> this is really bizarre. Uh, well, I mean, there's and... certainly a lot going for it. Um, yeah. It's, it's got the crash, of course, uh, the great narration of Michelangelo's. Um, yeah, I think... The visuals is really where this story falls behind, and uh, yeah, the conflict between mm, yeah, and the conflict between Rusty and Duncan. I thought again we would have been over this sort of thing by now. Um, let, let's call it a six. It's a decent story, but it's not one like I really desperately love. Okay, Minister. Yeah, I have to agree. The the visuals are slightly lacking after like series four sets. Mm. Then not much happens at the start of this episode. It's sort of just Duncan being grumpy. And then everything all happens at once at the end. He's down the, down the incline into the ravine and then he's back on the flatbed, mm. which I, I would have liked to see how they rescued him or the characters actually laughing at him 
down there. Mm. I'm I'm going to give it a six. Okay, no, no, that, that that's a good point there because on how everything happens at once, like like this story could literally just be they say don't do it, he does it, he crashes. It 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 it's not even a slow burn they don't really allude to it the only thing that possibly alludes to it is how they go you're only allowed to bring four trucks up the incline at a time and it's duncan that goes up they don't go that the incline can't support too much weight so engines aren't allowed to go up there or you can't chunk too many trucks they specifically mention the trucks so it's a surprise when duncan goes up a welcome one at that and humorous when he falls but it it doesn't seem to build to it. I can excuse the visuals being lax considering it's a quarry because quarries typically don't have too much interesting about them apart from rock, 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 as Salty says. Mm. What does look beautiful, though, are the newly built viaduct that they've done for large-scale engines. Mm. You've got the wooden bridge, which seems to be a recreation of one that you saw in Series 4. Mm. Those look beautiful. So I'm going to shoot slightly higher and say a seven. Okay. Mm. Which leads us to denim. Yeah, as I was about to say, yes, before you cut me off, Connor. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. He's mulling. Mm. I think. You're mulling. The high point of this episode is definitely the crash. And I think that's something, since I saw Series 4 as a kid, that's something I kind of wanted to see happen for, like, ever since the incline has existed. And we get to see it, which is great. And if for some reason this episode wasn't on any DVD until a lot later, so it became one of those episodes that were highly sought after before we had the luxury of the internet... Um, for you mm. uh, Zillennials out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know, I, I, I do like it. I do see the inconsistencies as well, but I do enjoy it too. So I think I'm going to give it a... I'm going to align with the others. I'm going to go a six as well. Okay, then. Three sixes and a seven. And that brings us to a musical interlude we're hearkening back to the old days of Ringo Starr of Narrator. We've got a Beatles cover song here, uh, remixed by Thomas the Tank with his Thomasified cover of Obla Dee Obla Da. This is the Round Ooh. Track Podcast.
Welcome back to the Right On Track podcast. That was Obla Di Oblada by the Beatles, covered by Thomas Da Tank. We've reviewed two episodes so far. Edward, the really useful engine. Duncan Duncan, with your hosts, Tom Denham, Colin Vernus, Tom Parry, and guest starring the Ark Minister. But, Mr. Parry, what is next mm-hmm. episode that we're reviewing? Well, the next story is Rusty Saves the Day, the penultimate episode of Series 6. And in this one, uh, Rusty has been hard at work on his little branch line, maintaining things, but uh, the Fat Controller is not too happy about this. One day, Rusty returned late to the quarry. The Fat Controller was cross. Sorry, sir, Rusty's driver said. We were helping Reneus and Scarlowey. I know you like helping Reneus and Scarlowey, but their line is in a bad condition. It takes too much of your time, said the Fat Controller. I am going to shut it down. Rusty was upset, but what will Reneus and Scarlowey do? Rusty asked. They will come and work with you here at the quarry. He had made his mind up. There was nothing Rusty could do. The line was closed down. Reneus and Scarlowey came to work at the quarry. There we go. Hmm. We were just having a little um, private chat in our DMs just before about how this story breaks all continuity, but it also leans into the discussion we were having before in Duncan Duncan about how the narrow-gauge railways have possibly changed owners or have been privatised... But then, of course, you've got Sir Topham Hat here, who's de- ordering more or less that the line be closed, and it's like, yeah, yeah, who does this railway line belong to again? Who's in charge? I mean, what are we supposed to be? Yeah, it's oh, the, Connor. What's going on? The the fat controller <laughs> maybe oversees a board of people who operate the railways. Well, that's a possibility. Mm. Yes, mm. we did meet the railway board before in Harvey's yeah, That's yes. true. Yeah. So. Rusty Saves the Day, a penultimate episode of Series 6, story by David Mitten, written by Paul Larson. And it's quite controversial because it closes down the Scarlowy Railway mm-hmm. and keeps the quarry going. And it seems to be that Rusty is now a quarry engine and mm-hmm. does maintenance work in his downtime. And as yes. the line is closed... Uh, Scarlowy and Reneus work with him at the quarry. However, while some blasting's being done, they need to find some other work. Rusty asks, could we spend the next two weeks perhaps clearing up the old line and fixing it so that way Scarlowy and Reneus can go back to work on it? And so they do with the help of a rather bothersome and egotistical quarry lorry, mm. Elizabeth. It's it's a strange episode. It's a good episode. I enjoy it. However, it does seem to break all continuity. Mm, that it does. And also, it's interesting how Elizabeth has gone from being, you know, Sir Topham Hatt's first ever lorry and being proudly restored to suddenly becoming a fixture of the narrow gauge railway. Yeah, a quarry lorry. Maybe like like I originally had a theory that. Elizabeth worked as a lorry for hire, just mm. being used where needed, which certainly fits in here. 
That it does. Mm. I have a theory about okay. the uh, closures of the the line and this idea of privatization. Is it possible that it could be like looking at the Scarlowy Railway map now? Could it be the loop line section um, that runs from Reneus to Lakeside to Scarlowy? You know, I had a very similar theory and I did research on the maps because of this. Because I went, it, it doesn't make sense to close down the entire line. Especially in the previous episode, Rusty mentioned the hustle and bustle of the junction. Mm. If the junction is hustling and bustling, you shouldn't close that down. Hmm. And it's also worth noting as well that the incline railway, the quarry, is at the very end of the Scarlowy Railway. So if you're going to close down the Scarlowy Railway, how are you going to get the rocks from the mountain down to, you know, the junction? Mm. At well, the that's end of the why line? Elizabeth has been brought in to replace ah. with mm. the roads taking over the rails. Mm. Uh-huh. Actually, on, on a brief note, Elizabeth, a brilliant little bit of foreshadowing as Sir Tom Hatt's telling Rusty the line's going to be closing, you can see Elizabeth drive by in the background to the quarry. And then mm. Elizabeth further has a greater role in the story. But we see in a lot of Series 6 and Series 7 episodes, especially in the next episode we're going to review, a bunch of brand new locations on the Scarlowy Railway, mm. which hints that they may have some expansion going on, maybe some new branch lines. So it's my theory that uh, on these different branch lines, each of the Scarlowy engines, whilst they may go all over the place, they're sort of in charge of a specific area. And it is one of the older branch lines, maybe the original one, that mm-hmm. Scarlowy and Reneus run that has been closed down because it's older and it's more out to date. And it's because of this that the other lines, such as that that perhaps goes near Great Waterton, the transfer yards, the wharf, the incline Strawberry railway. Grove, the, the incline railway asterisk, because it's, hey, maybe it's a new quarry. Maybe there mm-hmm. is an incline railway called the Coldy Fell that we want to see, please. That is actually still in use. So Scalo and Renee's, their line has been closed, but it's not the railway that has been closed. Mm. That, 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 that's the theory I prefer to go with because it sticks in most with continuity and it helps tie in everything else. Scalo and Reneus say they're going to miss their passengers, which means they're not running passenger trains at all. Mm. Mm. Fair, fair. Well, hey, maybe there are other lines that have got passengers. But Scarlowy and Renee, since they're not needed on the other lines, and a quarry, like more engines you've got there, that means you're able to ramp up production. True, yes. Is it fair to say that this part of the line is going through a bit of a recession period? Possibly. Uh, in the railway series uh, books, like Ring Between the Lines, People, History, Railways, it mentions the lean years, uh, which took place before... Peter, Sam, and Sir Handel arrived. But it could be possible that these are more lean years. Like me. Yeah, yeah, lean, tall, over to the side. Thank you. 
Um, Wait. <laughs> but there, there, there is one other note I've got this about this story. So uh, as the story progresses, Rusty, Reneus, Scarlowy work on it. They need a little bit of extra help. And Reneus, uh, Reneus and Rusty tricks Elizabeth to help them out like oh yes you're you're so strong you know we we need someone that can haul stuff and pull stuff elizabeth's like yeah yeah i could do that yeah i'll help i'll show off how good i am there's a particular line where it mentions how elizabeth even pulled a sycamore tree from the cattle creek Mm. now that is so specific and detailed it mentions the type of tree and a cattle creek. There are not many people out there, let alone children, that would know what a cattle creek is. Mm, unless you live on a farm, you'd have absolutely no idea. Yes, yes. And um, a, a cattle creek is typically just a, a, like a little railway catchment, uh, not railway, a little like water catchment area that mm. of course is around cattle and someone and can be used uh, sometimes to drive cattle through. Hmm. Hmm. But it, it's so specific that I can't help but think that maybe that specific event is based off a true story. Mm. Maybe. Well, it's not mentioned anywhere. Maybe the person who wrote mm. the story lived on a farm. Perhaps Paul Larson did. You never know. Or, or David Mitten, who provided the idea of the story. Mm-hmm possible but uh, uh, apart from all that i've got nothing else to say about this episode no i mean i've been pretty quiet here too and that's just because you know it's a really bland story it, it just does nothing for me like it's not particularly mm. exciting i don't find it particularly interesting and yeah the continuity is just being completely thrown out the window uh minister help me out here if you've got anything more to add um I'm sorry to do this to you, Connor, but who is who's the engine who maintains the line? That is supposed to be Rusty. And why is why is Rusty let the line fall into such disrepair then? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm assuming you're attacking me here because I love Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, thing, the thing is, so it doesn't make sense that Rusty now maintains the line as a side hobby. Mm. Does it sort of as a favor to Scholar Renaissance and instead works at the quarry? Well, on the note, though, uh, Rusty's basis, Midlander, originally did work at a quarry. So, hey, m- maybe you can go off that. But um, I like to feel to fit in with all the other continuity that as the line has grown, of course, uh, maintenance has needed to be shifted more to individual roles of engines. And perhaps there's just a particular large job that's happening at the quarry recently. But, mm. you know, whilst Duncan is off being repaired after his accident, because we mm. knew in the last episode that yeah. he's had an accident, he's repaired, and Rusty Scarlowy Renaissance went there to go help him. Mm. Rusty's taking over for him, because Rusty obviously seems to know more work about the quarry than Duncan. If, if memory serves me correctly, Peter Sam doesn't appear in this story either. Am I right? No, I think um, he doesn't. He, he's in the background for one shot. One oh, that's shot. right. He crosses the bridge at the quarry. Yes. yes. I remember that. One shot, he makes an appearance. But no Sir Handel. No, mm. and we don't get Sir Handel until series 10. Mm. 
Shame. Do you reckon Sahandor has gone to work at the Ministry of Defence Railway or another privatised quarry? Um, well, there well, must be other quarries because they say he's at Stone Quarry, and whereas this is the Incline Railway. Mm. So the it's, other, it's the possible other possible he's elsewhere. Yeah, the the other thought I had was if we're following the continuity of the books, maybe this is taking place when Sir Handel has gone over to the Tallinn Railway to help out there. Yeah, and he comes back with an eye patch. Yes, he comes back a wise engine as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, with all of these, for what's probably one of the most controversial episodes. Do we want to move on to rankings? Because I think I may stand out here. Oh, okay. Um, Am I taking it, Connor, that you don't want to go first? I'm willing to, but Minister, have you got anything to add? Uh, One last thing. Um, Within the the last episode and this episode, um, we get to hear the Series 4 music again, which kind of stands out because almost all the classics themes have been recomposed for this series mm. yet yet we just hear the the classic music here which is unusual it's kind of timeless. unusual but welcome yeah but welcome okay you, you know what would make this story more interesting to add another level of complexity imagine if you had a, a subplot going on with this idea that road is slowly taking over rail and elizabeth feels like a bit swung to uh, help out Rusty, Scarlow, and Reneus. Imagine if Max and Monty were in this story as well. Mm, maybe. Pulling George? Elizabeth to the side. Or George the Steamroller saying, hey, yeah. like you, you need to stick with us because we're the same. And then she that, goes that on. Does, that does feel like what they're kind of going with, but they never actually mention roads replacing rails. Mm. So. Mm. It's a rewrite, rewrite potential. I'll work on it. Yeah, so, hold my beer. lot of rewrite needing here. So, for this episode, it, it, it's controversial. It, it breaks continuity. It has got weird dialogue. Like, I'm glad they're referring to it as the quarry and not the incline railway. <laughs> then the sycamore tree and the cattle creek. It's it's a very very strange episode. But I like it. I enjoy the episode. It could be because Rusty is actually in it and, you know, I'm biased for Rusty. But despite everything, if I were to look at it in the grand scheme of everything, it's horrid. It breaks it all. Hmm. But in terms of a singular episode, though, I like it. I actually enjoy it. But in the interest of keeping the idea that we are talking about a continual world here, more or less, this episode, if I were to rate it personally, I would rate it an eight. But rating it in regards to the grand story of everything, how it breaks it and how continuity is out the window, I would rate it a six. Okay. Mm, Very controlled Uh. there, Connor. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hmm. I've I've been going to uh, reviewing classes to make sure that I'm less biased and, you know, 
don't freak out when someone gives an episode a 9.5. <laughs> it's always good to see my students here. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha you wish. Um <laughs> Uh, well, well, I'll step in next to to provide some um, juxtaposition. Uh, look, as I said, I, I can only repeat what I've already said. There's that the story doesn't really do anything for me. I find it kind of bland. It's you know breaks continuity. It's kind of illogical. Um, it's a three out of ten from me. So yeah, which is the oh. lowest I've yeah, which is the lowest I've given a story in quite a while. But mm. yeah, yeah. I, I can completely skip this one. Like it's just not for me. Oh, denim. I kind of revel in seeing areas of Sodor so desolate like this, like rails being torn up, and the 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 set decoration here is quite lovely. Um, but. If you applied, I guess, all the kind of headcanon theories that we explored today, like you could justify it. But looking at it at face value, it's a, it's an odd entity that it kind of leaves more to be desired. So I'm going to go a 3.5. Oh, cool. Minister. Don't, don't yeah. leave me out here in the dust, please. <laughs> I, uh, I'm sorry, Connor, but as a as a series four boy, this this just doesn't do it for me. <laughs> yeah, with yeah, this episode again pushes Scarlowy, Renaeus, and Rusty as basically the same characters, but all together for some reason. Um, I find it very frustrating that like passenger lines are just closed apparently for whatever reason happened before not to this extent though Colin. yeah def- yeah. definitely not to you this never extent. know you never know it just get get on with the scores and leave me <laughs> hanging out here in the cold please. i enjoy watching you squirm <laughs> right, I'm, I'm gonna milk this now <laughs> um yeah it, it was nice to see a like a another character like with elizabeth actually turn up because because of the large scale, the Skylory Railway engines never interact with any other characters until Series 9. So, yeah, it was, was nice to see her. Uh, as you said, Denim, the desolate sets looked quite nice. But mm-hmm. but then when it's restored, I, I didn't quite like it as much <laughs> with the sets. Yeah, definitely frustrating with the, the line being closed, which is either Topham's fault or Rusty's fault. We're not quite sure. I'm going to give it a 3 out of 10. So this is kind of better late than never. This this is. (laughs) We all have a better late than never now. Yes, we do. Yeah, we we do. I, 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 I understand where you guys are coming from. I'm not going to praise and go it it makes everything real if you just look at it from this one single point because i i do understand i do understand where you're coming from i may just be biased for rusty but i i feel that as a story i have always really enjoyed it and i will keep enjoying it okay then well it's time for us to move on then to the 
final story of this episode and this season of the podcast, which is Ooh. none other than Faulty Whistles. Now, uh, Connor, what can we expect to hear in the clip? Uh, well, here you can hear... Here you can hear... Here you uh-huh. can hear... <clears throat> here, here. here you can hear Duncan... Uh, teasing the green Narragage engine, Peter Sam, after not having an issue with his funnel, but an issue with his whistle. Peter Sam had steamed all through the night to bring Duncan his wagons. But as he approached the junction, a low-hanging branch knocked his whistle off. This meant he couldn't work until he got a new one. I can't run on the tracks without my whistle, chuffed Peter Sam. That would be too dangerous. An engine's not an engine without a whistle, boasted Duncan. And just to prove it, he let off a big blast. But the rest of the engines just ignored him. Duncan chuffed away in a big huff. He was cross. There we go. Faulty Whistles, the final episode. Episode 26 of Series 6. Mm. Uh, Minister, would you like giving us a little story, a little quick synopsis as to what this story is about? Yes. So, yeah, as we heard, Peter Sam was puffing along one day with some trucks for Duncan when a branch knocks off his whistle. Uh, Back at the junction, Duncan makes fun of Peter Sam for not having a a whistle because he's not a proper engine anymore. Then... As Duncan's travelling along with uh, a big organ grinder, not grinder, big Mm. organ and headmaster Hastings on board, he's whistling at everyone, um, letting them know that he's passing through. And when he sees Terence and gives him a big blast, his whistle pops off. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of course, it's unsafe to travel without a whistle when passing through junctions and etc. And so Headmaster Hastings helps Duncan out with a very catchy tune. Yes. Mm. Yes. Now, uh, this story, uh, story by David Minton, written by Hos- uh, Ross Hastings, uncredited but based on the Reverend W. Audrey's story, Mike's Whistle from the 22nd book of the Railway series, Small mm-hmm. railway engines mm-hmm. um, is the finale of series six, and more notably, I feel the first series finale not to feature Thomas. That it is, yes, or any standard gauge engines, or a Christmas mm-hmm. episode, or a Christmas mm. episode, or really any main characters. Hmm, kind of like that. And yeah, yeah. this is. This is sort of continuing on from series five with having the three Scarlowy railway engine episodes at the end. Yes. Yes. That it is. It's kind of like the spin-off yes. almost. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I can I can definitely see this sort of being uh I can definitely see series six Scarlowy episodes and probably series seven sort of as its own little spin-off show. Hmm. It just seems to work that way. Uh, now, this episode, as you mentioned, Minister, has got a very catchy thing. A- a- and it stands out 
And people remember it purely because of the way that the resolution of the story is. Because mm. as Duncan doesn't have a whistle, Headmaster Hastings, named after Ross Hastings, the writer, mm. plays his organ uh, to act as the whistle. So mm. he presses a few keys and makes it go, hoo, hoo. Mm. And, and, and then go on again? the way home. You go, hoo, hoo. Thank you. Or, or maybe if you want two-tone, hoo, hoo. Or if you diesel, uh-uh. And then if you're a goose? on the way home, <laughs> as the way home, what then happens is that uh, Headmaster Hastings plays the well-known folk tune, She'll Be Coming Round the Mountain. Mm. Yeah. It's just Which, too perfect. <laughs> it is too perfect. Even more so, it is a railway song. It because is. Because She'll Be Coming Round the Mountain is based on the folk song When the Chariot Comes, which was used by railway workers in the Midwest US during the 1890s. Mm. There you so go. It, it, it's, it is got ties in the railway world. Um, now, uh, it, it, it's a good story. Everyone seems to like it. It's musical, it's catchy. Uh, it's funny as well, yes. especially when the rocket shoots off. You can still hear a whistling and just fade <laughs> away. And Series 6 Terrence as well. This looks so lovely. Yeah. Although yeah, I wonder it... what he is doing there because he's supposed to be on Thomas's branch line and now he's working Maybe on the Scarlet the Railway. The Terrence's driver has been employed elsewhere. And hey, That's this isn't the first time we've seen Terrence by the Scullery Railway before. We saw him in the background in Series 4. So he, mm-hmm. he gets around like the beach mm. But because I am pedantic and because mm. I like, you know, railway safety, mm. this is one of the unsafe episodes out there because you should not have someone on a moving railway flatbed untethered. Yes, you should. And also, um, a quick side note here, but the organ stays with Duncan the entire journey. So I'm wondering, was he supposed to drop it off at some point? Or yeah. was Headmaster Hastings just coming along for the ride? You yeah. know, I'm just he, playing my organ as we head down the tracks, yeah, you know. He leaves the junction with the organ and then comes back to the junction with the organ as well. Yes. <laughs> Maybe like, like, the plan was it was supposed to be dropped off at the school, but like because of the incident, he stayed on. Hmm. Possibly, yes. Yeah, that works. What really gets me, though, uh, about the unsafety, like, I mean, I can understand he's like, oh, don't worry, just deliver it tomorrow or something with another ranger. What really gets me is there's a child in danger. Mm. Think of the children, because this is one Somebody, please think of the children. (laughs) This is one of the old pump organs that actually needed someone pumping uh, to provide air to the system to actually make the organs play mm. and for that uh assuming that this is a school headmaster mm. and this is a school organ they've got a mm. school child pumping the organ yes but that means that whilst headmaster hastings is at least sitting down there is a child standing up on an open area of the flatbed pumping the only thing that's keeping him on the flatbed not flying off the tracks on to the ground off the cliff is his own feet and his hands on the handle. Hmm. He's holding on for dear life. (laughs) It is so dangerous that. 
Like I, I, I like that they use the organ as a musical whistle, Duncan the musical engine, but that always slant. Like I actually remember when I first watched this, panicking about the people falling off. I've always been like side when they roll around the mountain. <laughs> exactly, she'll be going around the mountain. <laughs> the sound of a falling piano. but yeah it's episode people seem to like it's also got elizabeth again which is nice and a bull Mm -hmm. and a bull yes maybe it's champion so Mm, different color different color yeah Uh, we see him uh, later again so what are our thoughts for it? Uh, well, I, th- I think we covered just about everything. Covered so, everything? Yeah, we, we've touched upon everything. Like, it's humorous. It's got great music. Um, uh, it, you know, this is probably the... Of, of the three Scarlowy Railway stories in Series 6, this is the one I enjoy the most. This is the one I hmm. revisit the most often. Um, you know, it, it's just a lot of fun. So I would give it a 7 out of 10. It's definitely the strongest that we've covered today. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it an eight. Okay. Well, um, Denon. Yeah. I mean, agreeance. It's uh, quite fun. It's always a good time when I watch it. Um, it has some lovely bits in there. Um, music again is on point. I love the way how the organ music flows into the Scarlowy Railway theme. Um, mm-hmm. yep. I'm going to give it an eight. All right, and, and that, that just leaves... leaves our guest, the minister. Yeah, so yeah, as you said, Denon, the music is absolutely hilarious and <laughs> matches with the story. Um, yeah, I think you guys have said before that sometimes you're not a bigger fan of the stop motion that they use mm. in the series. You'd wish it to be more flowing rather yeah. than the more um, jump cuts they sort mm. of do. But I find that very hilarious in this episode with Headmaster Hastings. This episode, they don't just like show like his hands just on the keys. That you show them moving about. Mm. Yep. So it's quite comedic. Yeah, that's that's something I something I always enjoy in the show, and it's yeah demonstrated here. Mm. Um. Yeah, it's it's a rewrite of of um the Mike's whistle, which, which I think they've done well here. Um, some of the, some of the visuals are slightly lacking, like the sets aren't as good as earlier, like series four, Mm. but I'm still going to give it an eight. Okay. It's a multi-degree here. Yes. Yes. I still stand by my score, though. So. Oh, yeah, that's, that's fine. That's fair enough, but I've got one closing question to ask you guys on this episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so you'd say Duncan's more known for being grumpy rather than pompous? Mm-hmm. Yes. So do we know a narrow-gauge engine which is, is described as being pompous? Well, that would be Sir Handel, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, so would this episode work better with Sir Handel? I think it would have, actually, now you bring it up. Because we've already had a Duncan-centric story, so yeah, it would have been good to have Sir Handel. It's interesting because, like, like, Duncan seems to be, like, a character that they try to market a lot within the toys. Mm. And and, and more so, uh, if you substitute Duncan for Sir Handel, then you get a Sir Handel, Peter, Sam little bickering, which works well with their past history. Mm. Mm. That's a very good point, Arkminister. I'm going to file that away in a stories to rewrite. Yes. How many stories have you done so far? (laughs) Zero. So. Well, actually, another idea, because obviously you've got your um, wonderful imagery that you create. Maybe, Minister, you could do something in that realm. Replace Sir Handel with, or yeah, replace Duncan with Sir Handel. I was considering doing that on the um, on the thumbnail which I made for the podcast. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, the the the, the thumbnail uh, which we've used is done by Arkminister, and actually, not yeah. the only time that you've shown up in our thumbnail work for the end of series five, uh, you did the Duncan get spooked, amazing little visual yes, there. So I did. Thank mm. you very much. Yeah, it was our first ever piece of fan art, and for that, you know, you you get a spot on our, yeah. on our you won a prize. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, but that does bring us to the end of this episode and series six, mm-hmm. and also brings us to an end of the fiftieth episode of Right on Track. That it does, yes. Um, We didn't think we'd get to this point, honestly. We're so grateful to everyone who's listened in and who's shown us support every step of the way, everyone who's tolerated our long absences and the huge gaps between episodes. And our accents. And our, yeah, our annoying Especially those, yeah. Uh, But, you know, we've got over 600 likes on Facebook now. We've got, I think it's over 700 on Twitter, over 500 followers on Instagram. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the the fact that we've got so many people on social media who are just keeping attuned to what we're doing says that, you know, we must be doing something right. And you've all got excellent taste. So, well done. We're befuddled with joy, um, really, by the, I guess, the overflowing... Um, messages that we um, get filled with um, absolute happiness and compliments. Um, Everyone, even if we don't respond to it straight away, we definitely read it and we love hearing from it. So thank you for uh, keeping us on track and uh, thank you for listening along. And uh, here's to a glorious and illustrious future for the podcast. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Now, before we get into the closing comments of Series 6 in the episode... I've been crunching numbers. Yes. And I have been calculating tons of different stuff about the episodes. So in the previous 49 episodes of the podcast so far, uh, we had a grand total of 3,333 minutes. (laughs) Including the bonus episodes that we've done, we've had a grand total of uh, 3,439 minutes. Mm. which during that time you could drive from New York to Los Angeles and use the 16 leftover hours to sleep. (laughs) You could drive from Madrid, Spain to Barrow-in-Furness, England to Moscow, Mm. Russia, passing through nine different countries. 
You could watch the entire Lord of the Rings and Hobbit trilogies extended editions 6.3 times. <laughs> you will breathe 55,024 times or you could listen to the entire Right on Track podcast two times over at two times speed. So <laughs> it's, it's quite, yeah. Um, our average episode length was 68 minutes. Our mm. longest episode was the season five finale that you did the thumbnail for, Arc Minister, As Silent mm. as the Snow at one hour and 47 minutes. And mm -hmm. our three shortest episodes, which all tied at 50 minutes each, were uh, episode three, episode five, and episode 16. Hmm. There you go. But, so, yeah. Now, before... Th 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 those are the nerd. <laughs> the nudes out there. Before we do go... Uh, Minister, I do have one more request for you to fulfill. Uh, of course. Can you please <laughs> say? What it is first. Can, can you please say the funny meme? I'm not sure which one you're referring to. The the the, 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 the one that I constantly repeat over and over. <laughs> the one he's been forcing our guests to say. Yes. Okay. I showed you. I showed my friends your Thomas the Tank Engine channel. Yeah! <laughs> so, clubbers and comments for Series 6. Because last episode of Series 6 is Faulty Whistles, there are a few last things for it. Mm -hmm. I'm quickly moving on from that funny. So, mm -hmm. hmm, last episode to be narrated by Alec Baldwin in the US. Mm -hmm. Last episode in which all music is composed by Mike O'Donnell and Junior Campbell. Mm-hmm. Counting this as a loose adaption of Mike's Whistle, it's the last episode to be based off a railway series story until series 20. Mm -hmm. And it's the last episode to have Britt Allcroft as an executive producer, where she'll now move to a role as a script consultant and, uh, for series seven. Hmm. Yeah, so it, it, series six is an end. Yeah, it almost feels as though it's the end of an era, but it's not quite yet. Yeah, series yeah, seven. There's still some work to be done. Yeah, we're mm. entering the third act here, the final phase of an overarching story. Yes, mm. of the behind the scenes of the show. Mm. Uh, have you guys got any closing comments about series six? Uh, I wanted more after the, the after the highs of series five, which I love so much. Yeah, this kind of felt a little bit disappointing, but overall, it's still one of the better seasons. I feel. Okay. Uh, Denim Minister, have you two got any closing remarks for Series 6? Yeah, this series definitely feels like different from the previous five. Like, perhaps because Britt Oldcroft isn't being a writer in it. Mm. Not quite sure, but yeah, there's new elements introduced that like set a precedence going forward. You got, you got a three-strike formula in some of the episodes. Um, more comic sound effects put in a reduced driver and human presence. Mm. And um, yeah, the twins in these series all get changed. You got Ari and Berta now nice instead of evil. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, uh, pranksters instead of evil. You got Donald and Douglas and Bill and Ben all bickering when they never have before. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that definitely sets a change going forward. One that will be kept. Yeah. Mm. 
Uh, I, in fact, I would venture as far to say that apart from series one, series six is one of the most instrumental in deciding how the future of the show plays out. Well, it, it very much does because the art style is somewhat different. I mean, for example, Thomas Gordon Edwards are a lighter shade of blue. Um, Percy, Henry, Dark Oliver, they're all a brighter shade of green. So, and yeah, the landscapes are completely different as well. So yeah, we're very much seeing a transition from what we've come to know and love into, yeah, the tropes of the show, which would carry on right up until, yeah, it made that full transition to CGI. Mm. Denim, any closing comments for it? Yeah, Series 6 is um, an interesting one in the respect that um, how it carries off from Magic Railroad with, I guess, um, a lot of um, utilising of stuff from there. Um, you can definitely tell that it's the end of a few things, but not quite yet. We kind of see more of that in Series 7. It's nice seeing some, I guess, changes and, I guess, larger things coming to play like Jack and the Pack. Um, it's, I, I guess, nice to see like such a large diversity of characters, probably like the biggest that we've ever had so far. Um mm. I feel like there is good character development in some parts of Series 6, especially with Percy and James, um, Jack. I think those are the ones that definitely come to mind. Um, But at the same time, there are areas where um, there's more to be desired. But on the whole, I think I remember being a kid and enjoying this. And I think I can go back and enjoy parts of Series 6 as well. Mm, too true too true but i'm afraid that brings us to the end of episode 50 wow of the right on track podcast mm-hmm. now arc minister is there anything you want to promote before we go yeah i'd just like to give a shout out to diesel d199 uh mr bluebell engine and steam supreme who i or meet up with in WA. And you can find me at on DeviantArt at the-arc-minister or on Twitter at Ministry of Arc, no spaces. Fantastic. Of course, you can find us on our own social media. Mm-hmm, that you can. We've got our Facebook page, as we've mentioned. It's facebook.com forward slash right on track Thomas podcast. You've got our Instagram, TTTE underscore right on track. You've got our Twitter at on track Thomas. You've got our email, right on track Thomas at gmail.com. And of course, you've got our very fancy website, which is right on track Thomas. .wixsite.com forward slash podcast. Fantastic. And of course, we hope to see you there interacting with us, chatting with us, and we'll be back next time, episode 51, when we start tackling the very different beast that is Series 7. Yes, indeed. We don't know when we'll be bringing that to you, but rest Soon. assured, 
uh, we will be updating you on all of our social pages. So please, if you haven't already, like them, follow them, keep your eyes on them because that is where you will get all the latest updates. And there will be some exciting announcements in that uh, period of time as well where we may announce some special events and uh, things to time with, I guess, uh, our long presence of being here for 50 episodes of the podcast. So do keep your eyes and ears peeled for those. We'll keep you updated with more information and there'll be more goodies galore in the meantime. Yes. But until that time comes... I'm still Connor. I'm still Parry. And I'm still Denim. I'm still the Arc Minister. And this has been the Ryan Track Podcast. Adios, guys. See ya. Goodbye. Bye.